It says that it's recording, so let's hope that it all goes well. Okay, kita mulakan dengan bismillah. <laughs> Anyways, um, here we go. Right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, good people of the earth, welcome to another episode of Thoughts on Films. And it's not just any other episode. Uh, for, for the good people listening out there, you should know that this is our 100th episode. So we're going to have like a special session here where I'm going to catch up in the first part with our good brother Moose, uh, who is based in Italy. And in the second half, uh, we'll be uh, spending a bit of time with our good sister, Eza, who is uh, currently based in Scotland. So... Uh, on the line here, uh, for the first time ever, a podcast oh. about uh, Malaysian film. So let's see whatever kind of films that we can talk about uh, to be recorded mm-hmm. in Indonesia and Italy. <laughs> on the line here is our good brother, Moz. Hello, Moz. Assalamualaikum. Hey, Salam. Yes. Yes. How are you doing, Moz? Uh, over there in Milan, having relocated uh, from Chennai, um, settling in well, um, enjoying the boatload of spaghetti or pasta on a day-to-day basis yeah hi uh, yeah hi uh, i think uh those who regularly watch podcasts might come across me as one of the you know and and a shameful guests uh, <laughs> yeah anyway i you know like uh Fipi said i relocated to milan uh, because my job uh, brought me here to milan Mm. I'm now the consular at the consulate here in Malaysia, here in Milan. Mm. So I moved here last July, mm. uh, last year July. So it's been around six months. Mm. And, uh, yeah, everything uh, seems all right. You know, there are a lot of uh, adjustment still uh, to be done. Uh, even though, the, I mean, uh, it's not my first time uh, posted overseas, but, you know, India and Italy are two mm. different countries, despite many say Italian are like the Indians of Europe, but that's not the case. Oh, you know, do they say the, that? I have never heard yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, the, many people say here, you know, Italian is like the Indian of Europe because they're loud. Yeah, of course they're loud. Yeah, they're, they're, they're quite loud. Now they're quite, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say loud. I, I, would, I would say they are more warm compared to the Europeans, I guess. Mm. At least the Mediterranean things. The climate, you know, it's more warm. You know, it's been. I think Southern Europe, Southern European are more, you know, more warm, more friendly because they are used to tourists. Uh, tourism mm. is, uh, you know, contribute contribute a huge, you know, it's a huge uh, tourism a huge contribution to the economy. So they're used to tourists. So right. I think they are warm. They're compared to other European countries that I've been. With. Not to say they are not. Friendly, but mm. more reserved, I guess. Yeah. Italian, they are more, yeah, yeah. I think Italian, they're, 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 they're quite expressive. Yeah, yeah that's a word. Mm. More expressive. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's certainly, hopefully, uh, something we can discover just a little bit more of because in today's session, good people, we are going to discover a little bit more, just a bit of uh, Musa's own personal experience when it comes to the film and television stuff, you know, in terms of the stories that he's come across or the films that he's seen and whatnot. Just what it's like, really, to kind of just watch films uh, 
in Italy. And I think what you mentioned earlier about, you know, a little bit about the language or about the communication barriers and such. I wonder, bro, if you're watching something on Italian TV or if you're watching stuff at the cinema, I mean, does it get to the stage where uh, you kind of get a lot of stuff being translated um, into Italian, like either through dubbing or maybe using subtitles or or do you get like, uh, is it just like macam kalau dalam bahasa Itali itu, it's just all Italian, there's no English subtitles and whatnot. Do you, what, what, what kind of issues are we looking at here then, for you at least? Mm. All right. Uh, good subject to start with. Uh, actually, uh, for the last six months, for the last uh, half a year that I'm here, I've yet to step into the cinema. Mm. Okay. Uh, mainly due to the options for uh, English uh, audio. Mm. Uh, it's quite limited. Okay. Uh, most, uh, I mean, majority of the films, especially that come from Hollywood, or even come from uh, South Korea, from Asia, I mean, any parts of the countries and any part of the world that comes into uh, Italy, it being that into local language, it being that into oh. Italy. Okay. And uh, they, and of course, there were you know, once in that local language, uh, there's no subtitle. So the options for uh, original language, let's say English, for example, hmm. uh, is uh, is quite uh, limited, and also not, uh, and also always uh, being shown at not so convenient time. Okay, probably uh, around 11 a.m. during weekdays or midnight during weekends, those kind of thing. Because they have, I mean, the, 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 the operator, the cinema operator, I believe they, they might want to accommodate the, the, the majority of the uh, audience, which is the local. Yeah. So, and of course, you know, uh, uh, English are not really spoken here. So hmm. I think people would prefer when they go to cinema, they want to watch you know, in, a, in a language that they are uh, comfortable with, and of course, mm. the local language. So the, most of the, uh, how to say that, uh, content, you know, most of the content uh, for televisions or even cinema are mostly in, in local language. Okay. And that's just for cinema, even for uh, pay-per-view, I mean, like uh, OTT uh, content like Netflix, Amazon um, Prime, uh, Disney Plus. Uh, it depends, you know, I think many of them, there's some, I think Amazon Prime is quite notorious for this. They dub many of the content in Italian and there's no, uh, Subtitle provided, but Netflix is much more flexible. You know, and they, are, uh, they, are, they have more variety when it comes to subtitles, so it's smart, it's more accessible for people like me, you know, like experts and all that. But unfortunately, uh, for like Netflix, the uh, local content, you know, the Italian movies, there's no English subtitle. I think which is it's quite a waste. <laughs> I mean, it's quite a loss because I looking from the catalog, it, it looks, uh, you know, uh, quite interesting, you know, the catalog they have, of course, you know, because uh, Netflix, Italy, of course, they're going to focus more on Italian uh, content. So they have all these uh, 
classic Italian movies, you know, Sergio Leone's and all that. But due to the language barrier, you know, they only, you know, the Chinese word, they, they got no name in the, the good and bad. Uh, ugly only speak Italian. So it's kind of turned off because, you know, even though you, you watched the movie before, you know, about what the movie, what the, the story is about, of course you want to listen, you know, you want to know what the, what they're talking about. So yeah, I think that, that, that uh, in terms of content, uh, you know, it, uh, it's quite interesting to explore, but due to the language barrier, it's kind of limiting. Uh, it's kind of, you know, kill the mood to a certain extent. Yeah. So yeah, I think if there is uh, an option, a more convenient option for people like me, when I expect that would really, I mean, not fully crabs. Uh, Italian and Italian is not an easy word, easy language to learn actually. So yeah, I think if there is an option, I think we have more, uh, I, I think I, I would have more uh, quality time to spend on, on reviewing all these uh, good movies and television contents. Okay, so I think that's quite interesting what you pointed out about, you know, Italy in, in many respects being primarily catered towards Italians in Italian, um, you know, in terms of content and television shows and whatnot. I remember, you know, when you talked about, you know, dubbing being done into into the local language, I remember, um, you know, many years ago, when I was in Korea, a lot of uh, animated films, right? So you do have many Hollywood films, you know, they come out, the live action ones, they just provide subtitles in uh, in Korean. But then for the animated ones, the animated films, when they come out, because the target audience are primarily for Korean kids in many respects. And in that case, many Korean kids are you know, not all that fluent with English just yet. So they dub everything into Korean. And uh, the one time I got caught out was when I bought tickets to go watch Cars, the, the first one, 2006, many, many years ago. I thought that it would be, oh, okay, I'll just go and watch this. You know, it's a Pixar film, and you know, at that time, you know, there was this one point in time when Pixar, <coughs> film, Pixar mm. films had this much of gold dust around everything that surrounds it. You know, every film that comes out is bound to be a great one. So I went to, I went bought tickets, ready with my popcorn, and it's like Nima McQueen speaking Korean. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's quite an experience. Um, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I made a slight mistake here. I ended up just sticking it out. Um, you know what? You know, the, in, at least in the context of Pixar, you know, the films being very visual in many respects, mm-hmm. you know, even though the language is not so um, familiar to me, I was still able to understand the best part of the story and kind of just, you know, get into the rhythm and enjoy the film well enough in that context. So I think in, in this regard, maybe, there, you know, these are the kind of similarities perhaps that we can find in certain parts of the world where, you know, languages like English is not necessarily the the biggest part of the local lexicon. For my part, though, brother, I kind of want to recommend something to you. Um, I'm just going to mm-hmm. put it in our Zoom chat box here. Kalau kau ada masa, I don't know how you're going to find this uh, on whichever streaming services that you can find. There's this Italian show called Gomorrah. And ah, I watch it. Oh, you seen it? Yeah, watch it. I mean, it's, it's not, I watch the movies, but not the, uh, but not the TV series. I know the the, the TV series uh, being made. Mm. Uh, uh, I mean, from that movie, of course, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the, the, the 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 gritty and the grimace of the southern 
uh, you know, southern you know, Italy, yeah. Naples. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's uh, Naples. Yeah, yeah, it's Naples. That's right. Oh man, I um, I love the show, man. I mean, I just absolutely when, love it. Uh, ironically, I watched it uh, when I was in India <laughs> during COVID. Kan, masa tu kan lockdown kan. Ah, kata ngok Gomorrah. Oh, you right, see, India. now that ini telah diaturkan oleh Tuhan, brother. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. You probably should have and, watched like another show, and then you would have ended up there. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, yeah, yeah. I think the the, the movie, I think the, the 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 franchise. I would say franchise, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because it contains a movie and a TV series. Even it's quite controversial here in, in Italy because of uh, the the realistic depiction of the underworld. Hmm. Uh, actually, uh, you know, brush uh, the actual underworld in that part of the country in a wrong way. Hmm. So I think the, the 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 creator of the show, you know, is kind of in exile or in under some kind of protection. That's right. Uh, he is actually under uh, a regular, yeah. I think, round the clock protection. He has hired bodyguards. Mm-hmm. I think the um, basically the local mafia themselves have taken out basically a hit mm-hmm. on him. Just to, mm-hmm. because I think initially he, he he I think he was a journalist or something like that, and he spent time with them. He right. wrote a book about them, and then the mm-hmm. book was adapted into, as he said earlier, the the, the mm-hmm. film into TV show and everything. And mm-hmm. um, and so because of that, a lot of people kind of hold him responsible mm-hmm. for letting their story and sensationalizing their story to the outside world, and therefore, in a sense, giving them. Like this kind of bad reputation about how if you go to at least in yeah. this case Naples, you know, it, it would feel as if it's not a safe place, Kapaka, or you know, kind yeah. of make them look bad. And and I, you know, maybe I don't know. It's it's a film. I don't really take it all that seriously in in that regard because um, in the context of the film and the TV show, I just for me what was very attractive was the the grit. Because um, I tend not to watch. I mean, no big secret here, but I tend not to watch Italian shows a lot. Um, but at one point in time, there was quite a big buzz, especially around the first few seasons of Gomorrah. And I, you know, I watched a few episodes, and you know, once I got into it, it's, it's actually very difficult to get into, and very difficult to stick to, even as you got into it. So what I, what I mean by this is, it's like watching Game of Thrones style. Um, when you watch Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon recently, um, the experience, you know, you, you watch House of the Dragon, in the first episode too much time, you feel like, oh my goodness, I remember how sadistic Game of Thrones was. And now it seems like it's head, kind of heading down the same path, right? So Gomorrah mm-hmm. is like that, you know, you get attached to a character, boom, end of the episode, they're dead. Uh, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, you get attached to a particular storyline, boom, you know, you know, there's going to be a tragic end again, at the end of that story for that person. So there's that sense of um, danger lurking at every corner. And and it's it's very, very well done, about as quality as quality TV gets. But my goodness, uh, there are times when it's actually quite difficult to watch as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, because of, uh, you know, the, the, actually people understand about the the... The attractions of uh, doing all these uh, you know, underworld movies and these all these mm. mafia movies, but you know, most of the time, they are, I mean, the the real you know the real people are okay with it because uh, most of the time, the, the depictions of their world, you know, their their, their life, 
is uh, you know is a fantasy land. I mean, like uh, mm. you know, like the depiction of how is it the soprano, the Godfather. People, you know, in in, in general, people view their world as as how how it been shown in those shows. You know, which is a huge is a stark contrast of how it is in the real world. So when Gomorrah make it, you know, when Gomorrah being featured, and you know, the, it shows all these, uh, you know, all these, you know, I would say secrets lah, like, guys. I mean, not, you know, uh, how they shake their hands, how they, their jargons and all that. I mean, their their, their initiation, I would say, and why they become as, uh, you know, and the exposure of uh, the corruption behind it. So so it it it, it steals. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of uh, hornets because uh, for information, you know, if you come to Italy, the north where I'm based right now and the south are like two different countries. You know, uh, the European part of Italy mostly in the, in, in the northern side, you know, like uh, Milan, Turin, uh, uh, Venice, Florence, you know, and then Rome is like, you know, the, the center of it. So Rome is in the middle of the country. If you see the country, it's like a boot. So Rome is like the middle of it. So down south, you know, it's like a third world country. You know, you don't feel like you're in, you're in Italy, you know, it's, 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 you know, everything is quite run down. And but of course, it's still a beautiful country. You know, many Italians, especially north, you know, when it comes to summer break, they will go down, down south. So that's where they will get all the suns and they will see all this beautiful uh, the, the majestic uh, uh, Italian countryside. <laughs> so you know to get you to get you some pictures about you know you watch Komora, that is basically Naples. You know, everything's got run down, you know, uh, to that extent you feel like you're in uh, some kind of you know, it's it, there's some South American countries to an extent. So yeah, and uh, that and of of course there are there, there is a huge I would say you know I might be wrong on this but there's a huge hatred people from the south to the to the north. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, and uh, it's interesting to to you know to see to to, to notice in Gomorrah as well on how influential it is. Uh, football in their culture, in their daily life. You know, if you go to Naples, you know, interesting. I, mean, I think even I think it's even uh, featured in Gomorrah. I think, especially in Naples, because in Naples there are two gods. One is of course, you know, Jesus Christ. The second is Maradona. So you will see Maradona everywhere. So you know, and Maradona is been taken. Uh, Maradona is like a saint <laughs> in Naples. You know, despite what, you know, despite what. Uh, you know what happened to him back in uh, the 90s you know how the Italian treated him and all that but yeah of course mm. um, it's interesting that the see the, the, the fusion of uh, football culture the underworld you know, and the south and the, 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 the Neapolitan way of life being mixed together and being featured in Gomorrah I mean I, I see Gomorrah as like uh, uh, you know, the commentary about life there, you know, I don't really, you know, yeah, of course it's about the, the, the underworld and all that, but I'm more, you know, interested with the fact that that's how actually life being run of them, I guess. Mm. 
Yeah. But it's a hit and miss. I mean, uh, because the Gomorrah in Italy, of course, there's no subtitles. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, really so actually, I'm thinking about getting some kind of uh, VPN, so I can actually subscribe for the uh, American Netflix or something, so I can have uh, better mm. access to a good catalog, you know, uh, yeah. access to more accessible catalog of the content. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, we are going to round things up in a very short while because I know you're a busy man and you kind of need to make a move sooner rather than later. But, you know, let's just finish up with some things that you have seen or some things that you have been able to understand, maybe in English or perhaps even in Basel, Malaysia. I don't know whether you've been watching any any films on Netflix, Malaysian films on Netflix, Kerpaka, anytime recently. Anything that you can share with us just to... Oh, man, I haven't watched any Malaysian content for quite some time. I know there are some good shows. I mean, if it's available in our Netflix, yeah, we'll watch it, you know. Because there's be, some, right? some oh. content uh, from Southeast Asia do available. I mean, that's make a way in Netflix Italia. You know, I think mm. some, uh, the rate is available in, 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 in Netflix Italy. Uh, hmm. But they dub it, you know, everything in Italy. So it's kind of interesting to watch. Oh, right? my goodness. Eco Wise, then I'm going to say Italia. Buongiorno. So, yeah. It's interesting to watch. But of course, there's no subtitle again. Uh, but uh, this, this, this one, I think, last year, I think there is one special feature. Where they the Netflix release all these movies, telling movies that is highly regarded, cinema mm. paradiso and all that lah. Oh my goodness, brother! Uh, but the they only release uh, the the spaghetti western only. So once upon a time, America uh, not there was not there. Might be there, but I can't recall. Uh, mythologies uh, and also. Paolo Paolo Pasolini, Paolo Pasolini, Pasolini, yes. Vittorio De Sica, ada. Vittorio De Sica. So all these that made at the Cannes or Oscar, but yeah, showing that movie is one thing. But the thing is, they have this special feature extra. You know, sometimes Netflix like to do extra. So like I was sitting in Paris, and after that there is a one like half an hour show showing like they they I think it was done by the Netflix Japan team because the host was was Japanese. They revisit back the town, the actors. So they brought I mean they 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 went to the to to the Jenkaldo. I mean the 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 village actually it's a. It's, it's, there's no such village called Yagaldo, actually. It's a mm. small village in Palermo called Palazzo Adriano. Oh, so they revisit nice. back in, uh, so they revisit back. Uh, this, uh, eventually, you know, it's a good thing that actually the village, they capitalize on the fame of their village. And there is a museum mm. for cinema parties. So, so all the oh sets, my goodness, there's a museum for cinema parties. I really want to go, man. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> I really want to go. Oh no. So, I watched oh. that, you know, it was, I think it was shot in 2019, I guess, before the pandemic. So, oh my goodness. Oh, dude, I they, think. They, they really, they, I, I thought it was a set. I, I thought it was a set. 
Oh, goodness I me. know that uh, actually there is a village, <laughs> the actual village, and that guy, Toto, actually worked from there. Toto hmm. was the local, you know, local residents. Hmm. And you know, unfortunately, Toto now, you know, I think he's around 40 years old or something, and hmm. he's he's blind. You know, I think he has some kind of disease, so he's blind. Oh no! So he, yeah, so he took. How, a, how a, ironic! A, how yeah. ironic! Yeah, considering yeah, the the the, the, the story. Yeah, yeah, I think. What, what happened think to Alfredo? Salvatore Cascio and all that. Yeah, he's mm. blind. That, that's the, 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 the irony of it. And he oh, brought the, you know, the hose around and say, this is where we shoot this, this is where we shoot that. And this is the bicycle that I found that I was carrying. And oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> and thought about, despite having a language barrier, because, you know, uh, the guy who played Alfredo is a French, right? It's a mm. French actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they, they, they have uh, you know this language barrier, but they, you know they, they understand each other. I don't, I don't, I don't know how I understand it, but I just understand it you know, because I don't speak a word of English, and mm. that guy don't speak a word of Italian, and his wife <laughs> he speak everything in French. What's that guy name? I think he's a quite huge actor in in France, you know, in the French name. I can't yeah, remember so. now. I can't remember yeah, now. Yeah. We gotta. I mean, one of these days we're gonna talk, and you know, maybe have a proper episode. Looking yeah, at Singapore, so. But, but what I want to point out is, you know, uh, if you're here, then I mean, I, I really want to go. You know, but it, of course, it's uh, the, the 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 village is down south in Palermo, which is Sicily, thousand mm. kilometers. But to know that it exists, you know, I mean, it brought you such nostalgia, I mean, and uh, uh, because I thought, you know, like I said, I thought it was a set. Mm. You know, the, the town square, the, the, the town square, I, I thought it was a set. And because of the movie fame, the village actually survived uh, the, you know, the, 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 the disease that being now being uh, uh, haunting a lot of Italy's small town, which is being abandoned. Now, now there's 6,000 abandoned town and village in Italy where you can buy a property as low as one euro. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's very beautiful. Oh. Actually, all this uh, because of the people moving out from the city, then from the town, and all the old guys uh, pass away. So, because but that town survived because of the movie, mm. because it's not, you know, they're going to be one of those, uh, you know, those queen town that 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 uh fall, fell victim to you know migration. Because people just mm. move out, there's no work opportunity over there. So the movie actually, so, uh, you know, uh, uh, saved that, that 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 little town. You know, I think you can mm. Google on YouTube. It's called, uh, I think it's called Palazzo Adriano. Okay. Adrian's Palace. Sounds like Palazzo Adriano. So yeah, I mean, bottom line is, uh, you know, I I would love to have my friends coming over you now that I'm in Italy. To be honest, if I'm not in Italy, there's no way I'm going to come to to, to Europe. It's expensive, it's hassle, it's an old yeah. city, but it's beautiful, but, mm. you know, it's just a hassle for us to come here. Mm. So me being here actually is like a gateway, you know, probably I can enjoy you know what Italy what Italy is Italy the cinema of course the art scene 
I think the 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 art cinema movement here is quite, you know, it's quite it's quite flourish. Mm. I would say there are a lot of uh, small independent uh, cinema uh, catered for art cinema, art films. Right. So well, yeah, it, it, you can go like uh, two euros, three euros. You know, you can sometimes they just do a marathon for uh, uh, any movies. Uh, from his first movies all the way to until he's there. So yeah, they do that kind of feature, and that's why mm. you hardly see any recent uh, Italian movies that make it mm. that, that, that sounds big. You know, I think even Toratore also doesn't make that much movie anymore. But mm. uh, they like to make all these small small films, you know, small independent films or not. You know, they go for uh, content on Netflix. They have a lot of uh, high quality. Uh, content on Netflix, but unfortunately it's all Italian. Mm. Uh, because uh, I think uh, Italy, they, I mean, in Europe they have some kind of uh, team, you know, when it comes to uh, TV content. Like Scandinavian like to do all these Norish uh, mm. thriller investigators, someone get murdered yeah. and that thing like drag for the whole. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Scandinavian noir. Yeah, there's a Scandinavian war. It's always in winter, you know. <laughs> it's always winter. It's always dark. It's always, it's always dark. It's always winter. It's always windy. Italy, you know, you hardly find. I mean, not I mean, as far as I'm concerned. I hardly find a content that feature northern Italy. It's always in the south. You know, it's always featured life in the south, either in Sicily and in in, in in Naples, in Sardinia, in Puglia. But not, uh, but not, uh, not explicitly. It's about mafia, you know. It, it, you know, I think there is one movie that, that you might have to come across. It's called The Hand of God. Uh, Hand of God sounds like a Maradona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, it's a coming of age movie where it shows uh, about this character who, about his life when. Uh, Naples brought I and mean, bought Maradona to come to the you know to come because he you know because the fact that Maradona moved from Barca to uh, Napoli it was a huge thing for the city yeah and then uh, a lot of things actually and and you can a lot of uh, Neapolitan actually can relate to that you know, do you remember the news that you do you remember what you're doing when you heard the news that Maradona is coming from Barca to Napoli. So everyone can relate to that. So this is one of the story, you know, that made into a film. It's really interesting, actually. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of movies, uh, in love to be content. In Italy, I might be wrong. Like to feature Southern Italian. And I think mm. South Italy, despite of the you know, uh, unfortunate economic uh, uh, situation, they are like the culture of Italy. A lot of Italian mm. culture, you know being you know and either good or bad came from the south pizza came right. from the south came from the, south. the mafia came from the south <laughs> um you know nice uh, ballads classic ballads song from uh, singer from the south so yeah uh, I, I will i would love to, to visit the south one day but a lot of my contacts just said yeah uh, you experience yourself first in the north. Once you more people, then you can go to the south because it's like the whole different world down there. <laughs> yeah. Papa, brother, you wait for me. 
I'll get myself yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah. We'll go on a yeah, road trip. Yeah, I'll, I'll be here until 2000, <laughs> inshallah, until 2026. You know, hopefully, right. you know, our current government still maintain. <laughs> give, give, give me a few years to save up my rupiah and then um, yeah. hopefully I'll, yeah. I'll be able to get there in a few years yeah, time. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, looking at things, you know, from here, you can go anywhere because Milan is like the center of logistics after Rome. Mm. So you can get anywhere within uh, Milan within a day trip. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to help you here, brother. All right. So All right. one of these here, I mean, uh, next this year or next year, you know, to see you. Okay, uh, that'd be great. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. But for now, good people, um, that's that. We're going to bring uh, to an end the first part of the 100th episode of Thoughts on Films, so a fair amount of discussion about film, culture, and everything else surrounding that, uh, uh, these two contexts in the Italian scenario. Um, but for now, we're done. Uh, Muz, say goodbye, Muz. All right. Uh, okay. Have a chair, <laughs> yeah, arrivederci yes absolutely and it's an arrivederci for me as well uh, when we return in part 2 we're going to be checking in with Eza who is in Scotland Right, good people, welcome back to the second part of our 100th episode here on Thoughts on Films, the podcast that thinks a lot on films in Malaysia and beyond. Previously, we were very much beyond Malaysian borders um, in Italy (laughs) with our good brother Muz, but now we're going to hop on an easy jet flight, if there is ever (laughs) such an easy jet flight. Maybe Ryanair, maybe they'll fly from from Milan to um, all the way to Edinburgh in, in, in Scotland. Because I believe that's where our good friend <laughs> Eza Mahmoud is at. Top of the morning to you, Eza. <laughs> morning. Hi. Although Sidida, almost midday. It's 11.40 a.m. And I think, is it almost 8? Is it 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock there? It's uh, 6.40. 6.40 p.m. Oh, okay, so, in yeah. Jakarta. So we're just... Flitting around a number of different time zones to bring you this special edition, good people, because uh, that's what we're going to do. Um, again, similar to part one, what we're going to do is just we're going to check in with our good sister, see how she's been doing, what she's up to. And um, again, the film or cinematic experience in Scotland. So, Ezra, um, yes. how's how's it going for you? What 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 what, oh. what are you doing? Apa, apa yang <laughs> Scotland ni sekarang ni, Ezra? Ooh, that's a, it's a lot to unpack. Hi, everyone. So happy to be here and so grateful to be here having this session. So, Alhamdulillah, I just finished my first semester here at University of Edinburgh doing mm. my MA in film directing. So, second semester is starting next week. And um, I've... Uh, so, basically, throughout the year, I have to prepare a graduate film, which is a short documentary. Mm. So, first semester... Uh, I've done the developing it, pitched it, made a trailer out of it, uh, found a subject matter and whatnot. Mm. So second semester, it's called filming your documentary or filming your film. So a big, so the visual or the chunk, big chunk of your film 
you need to film it this semester. So looking forward right. to that very much. And uh, yeah, um, watch a few documentaries mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. went for the cinema for the first time after so long. Mm. Uh, okay. So it's for an assignment, but uh, it's still <laughs> very I fun. I believe you, Reza. <laughs> I mean, as your former lecturer, I wholeheartedly <laughs> believe you when you say that you go and watch a film for your assignment. Um, <laughs> it might have been a previous assignment uh, for one of my classes as well. But I just want to track back a little bit uh, because yes. I think what your current activity is is actually quite interesting. Can you give us a bit of a sneak peek into what it is that you're working on? Um, or is that much like trade secret? Much like kita tak boleh tahu takut nanti. Eh, tak ada. Oh, nak ambil idea. Of course, we don't know. So basically, um, so I've always been fascinated by um, work of an artist, like um, hmm. like visual artist, ke, sculpture, ke, or basically an artist. The idea of like what do they do when they are older. So basically, hmm. the idea of like an artist, right? They don't really have a pension scheme or like a prop they, they might but generally speaking they don't really have like a safety net they work until they die basically so mm. this idea hits me and 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 it got me thinking about my future when I'm older as well so I wanted to make a film uh, or I already pitched the idea and inshallah going to film it Mm. Um, a story of an artist at the dawn. Eh, no, not at the dawn. That's the beginning. At the autumn years, like how do they mm. prepare for it? How do they process being an older artist, having to compete or not compete with other younger artists? And is it important for them to have a legacy? And is 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 it something that they will stop doing? Or what are the challenges being an artist? at an older age. So I found an artist, her name is Andrea Gill. I think hmm. she's in her 60s. And she made this massive metal sculpture. Hmm. So this film is called Weathering. So hmm. weather, one of the main methods that she works with is called weathering metal. So it's used to build bridges. It used to have like a strong structural build mm-hmm. it will weather it will rust but it will not deteriorate so same like us people we get rusty when we're older mm. but like will we keep holding and being and making and so yeah to understand that overall process it's an observational documentary mm. and um i I aim to observe and understand the layers that this lady um, has. Because she, although she's in her 60s, but she always keep herself fit, go to the highlands for hill walking and wall climbing, and at the same time, trying to get fit and just making stuff. So to observe and to understand that, hey, it's... I don't want to give an ending to it, but I, I am hopeful that this film will have a hopeful undertone but I want it to be more nuanced and more more than just a story just an observational piece so 
So right. yeah, my, my okay. That, that sounds very interesting. And in fact, it actually sounds very in in a sense of the way you described it, I'm reminded of a previous documentary you made when you also interviewed a previous artist, a Malaysian artist. Mm, 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 mm. I think this was commissioned by, is it the National mm. Art Gallery? or It, it was, yes, yes. It was, the right? National yeah. Art Gallery. And mm. so I wonder whether that, yeah, whether there's a connection I, here. Definitely, definitely. I think because that sparked my curiosity of understanding artists because berbeza dengan Ibrahim Musim he passed away uh, and and the gallery that he built just got abandoned and um it's sad to see the state of um affairs of the gallery and and why no one's talking about it and he's somehow being forgotten and only preserved and protected by this group of elitists or a group of people who feel that you know visual art are only for like some classes of people but art is generally is is for everyone everyone can appreciate art so so i feel like it's something that i want to pay homage to and mm. owe to um what is it being an artist like nowadays people if we call people artists perhaps it's more of like a malaysian thing but like kalau artist dia kena pelakon or singer or but but people that make art not just on a how do you say on a on a glamorous side of thing it's more of like there is all this world of um art that is underrated and underappreciated by just us laymen padahal you need art to survive it, it, it fills with emotion and Remind uh, reminds of that. Oh, there's so much more that we can appreciate. Um, so yeah, and it's way off my comfort zone to go because I, I don't really have made anything observational. You need to have patience. You need to have um, some sort of. You have to have the eye and the patience really to to hold on to your shot and to tell story observationally so yeah i am excited with that and one thing i would say one thing that really if like of all of 2022 right one thing that i really appreciate is being able to to use cinema camera because i'm so used to the slr because obviously the university has abundance of cinema camera that you can book and you can um rent out and initially it's a bit daunting because I'm so used to small DSLR camera right so when I film the trailer with um a cinema camera I just love it I feel like whoa so good the quality of the what am I missing out <laughs> so yeah I feel like even in Malaysia when we did um some TV programs they were filming with they were filming with like mirrorless DSLR camera and I feel like cinema camera is so uh, it's a different game and all together so I am we are looking forward to to amp up my game with a cinema camera so yeah welcome welcome to the real world Ezra 
This is where the big <laughs> this is where the big boys play. So I'm very happy to see you up here. Rarified, but uh yeah, you deserve to be here. So I'm looking forward to your film very much uh there. Um and just just a quick note to uh point out to the listeners here. Um well two. The first is that there's been a similar discussion going on in Malaysia as well with regards to arts and culture, but more in the political context, because uh, recently we have a new government being formed in Malaysia. And when the cabinet was announced, initially, like the the, the name of arts and culture, it wasn't really explicit, like which ministry it would be with. Previously, it was mm. with tourism and, and now it would continue to be with tourism. But for a while, there was just this sense of maybe a gap of a few days and whatnot where we kind of look at the situation and think, okay, again, another example of arts and culture, dianatirikan, you know, at least that's mm. the perception that that um, uh, a lot of Malaysian artists in Malaysia would have um, about how seriously the government is taking the, the notion or the concept of arts and culture in the bigger picture, right? But of course, that's another st- story for another day. Um, you know, that is perhaps something else that we can do a deep dive on later on. The second thing I kind of want to point out is that um, when Ezra said that an artist has to have, uh, they have to have the the eye to see things, uh, I just need to confirm for the for the ladies and gentlemen listening to this that she's not talking about the Scottish version of I. <laughs> like, uh, she's not saying the yes. She's, she means that the eye, the vision, the perspective, right? And I do need to clarify that because Ezra, you sendiri kata, you're, you're already, you're becoming Scottish. Yeah, you're, 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 you're no longer, uh, oh, 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 do you still say habak or ayak? Or are, are you like... Are you like completely yes, yes, like... Yes, definitely. Habak <laughs> and ayang up there. Uh, yeah, because at the same time, I do, obviously, as a student year broke. <laughs> uh, it's a nice experience to work part-time. So I work part-time locally with a biscuit uh, factory, uh, factory and I work at the railway station. So most of them are Scottish and you you pick up the accent. I I. So, yeah, there you go. Bahadur. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant because uh, it's you know this is how you experience the world. You know, it's it's no use going to another country just hanging out with other Malaysians. So as mm. fun as that can be, as comforting as it can be, and as as important and crucial mm. at times as well. Absolutely, you do need a bit of that Malaysian community maybe once in a while. But it's just going out there, going native, you know, just kind mm. of throwing yourself deep into the pool of haggis or whatever it is that they have there <laughs> uh, to kind of really experience yeah. what it's like the, to be to be up there. You know, makan haggis. I don't there. brew as well. Da, da, da. I, <laughs> I, uh, haggis reminds me of uh, sambal goreng uh, Johor. Sambal oh goreng orang jauh. Yeah, because if you think about it, haggis is just like a sausage form of it, but Sambal goreng is has all the ingredients like sambal goreng pengantin lah yang the, the one that I'm familiar with because mm. I married into a Javanese family. Mm. Uh, so all the good stuff, all the meat organs <laughs> that you goreng with other vegetable and haggis is practically like a yeah a version of that but just sausage. And the obsession, obsession with iron brew, um, the, the beer, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not a, eh? a coda, it's more of like iron brew. Iron yeah, yeah, brew. it's like a beer, is it not? Tak no, le. no, it's not. 
Dia macam energy. It's more of like gathered. It's more of like an energy tree. Oh, right. Okay, okay. It's more of like a Miranda or Fanta. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is very yeah. That's that's one of a. Uh, I think, yeah, two things, mm. and iron blue and haggis astride. Oh, and, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, and and the weather one of things because I used to live in Cardiff, right? Mm. But Cardiff is not as cold, so <laughs> Scottish is like lah, way, way you think uh, not. It's Scotland kat mana kan Come on I mean it's it's right up there In in, and, in uh, like Middle yeah. of nowhere <laughs> And and the highlands I, I've been to the highlands And oh, Can I geek, geek out a bit So I mm, recently sure. Watched Andor And uh, haven't finished it yet But it turns out that It was from In Perthshire, which is in Scotland, so I'm like, oh, I thought that I did like we should visit this place. I've been to Perthshire before I watch the series, and I was like, oh, it's it's such a it's such a great scenery, the Highlands and whatnot. And then we start watching this series. I'm like, eh, it looks so familiar, lah. So actually, I've been to <laughs> I've been to Perth and I've uh, might been to the area. Brilliant. So, yeah. I mean, you've and, been to Tunisia uh, before. You've been to the original, <laughs> eh? And now you've gone to the newer ones. So much, um, it's like you you have a bingo card of all the Star Wars locations uh, yes, that you just want to yes, take indeed. across out. So that's mm. absolutely brilliant. And on that note, I think yeah. it's just, um, you know, as, as much as I would love to just sit down and catch up with you a lot more about mm. Scottish Highlands and, and you know, Scottish cows and, <laughs> and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. I just, you know, because this is a podcast about films, uh, at least ostensibly, mm. right? Um, I, I just wonder yeah. if we can just talk a bit more about maybe some of the more recent films or <laughs> shows that you've seen. I mean, you, you pointed out Andor. I actually haven't mm. seen Andor. So oh. I, I heard it's great, but <laughs> I just have not seen it. Um, how, how's that going for you so far? Which episode are you up to? Um, at, is it episode three? Because we want to, we initially we want to binge it. But then, it's just not. I just not uh, giving justice to, because we feel like every episode we watch and then we have to unpack a bit and we have to really uh, discuss about it because like it's a prequel to. What is it called? Rogue the One. Film. Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One was so, so good. So this one should be so, called Rogue Rogue Zero, lah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so. <clears throat> I, I like the backstory that they put out. So, yeah, I haven't finished watching it. So, I, I'm still trying to um, make up my mind of it. But I can say that yesterday, because I was actually working part-time as well to finding time to watch. I mean, uh, I I wanted to watch this documentary called Senior. For a while already. Ah, yang Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. kan? With yes. his dad. Yes. So I was like, okay lah, tengok lah. But and then it blew, it, it blew my mind in a way that macam mana nak cakap? Satu, I I believe that the fact that it start off um, so the story follows obviously Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Downey Sr., the father, 
and um, the story unfolds that they're trying to make two to, uh, a documentary together about their life and what has been and the journey of how um, Robert Downey basically uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, basically trying to capture I would say the the final moments or final years of his life with his dad and I'm not sure whether it's, this is giving too much but I think in the trailer this it did explain a little bit of the old age of the father and and how they come to terms with his deteriorating health and um, to to see that uh, it's also this the question of like it's such an intimate film it's such a um, private moments of the the family um, and the idea of is it ethical to be there or is it but I think it's important for them to capture those moments while they can and but yeah I I now know more about how Robert Downey Sr. Uh, was when he started making film in the independent scene and how that creates Robert Downey Jr. years of or, or exposure to films and how different generations work and how um, yeah the family uh, process around being in a show business um, it's not like a it's it's uh, I believe that it's I got what I got a lot more than what I was expecting uh, I feel from the film because it's not just like a uh, um, or like a history or just shallow bit of things about them but it's more of like life story of how an artist family um, progress for this what, 30, 40, 50 years maybe 30, maybe 40 years so yeah I really liked it I I advised and the, the cinematic um cinematic decision to make it black and white I think that's also give a lot of um, um and, and but during flashback some so that some of the film are, are some of the visual are in color so that's an interesting interesting decision I feel um and it's such a meta film where it shows how these two filmmaker actor uh, make film so like back and forth between the edit suite and uh, the film and how the director both of them directed the film and how it comes together so I I find it very comforting in a way like oh I can relate to that like oh maybe because they're making like a documentary so I kind of relate to it more uh, it's this um because i'm reminded as well in the past uh, mm. Mm. you made five broken hearts 
Oh. In that one, I remember you also interviewing, not just our our late brother, mm. Arwah Leo, but mm. also um, your sister. And yep, I just I did, wondered, yeah. like, again, you talk about, you know, the process, the experience of, you know, in this case, you know, kind of digging down into a more personal and intimate story and mm. whatnot that, that you are in a way connected to as well. And I think even, you know, going beyond that, there was another film you made. Uh, is it about Aisha? Um, you went to, oh, yeah. to see her somewhere? And, yes, it, yes, it, yes. And I, so, there, again, another documentary that you made out of that one, which, um, mm-hmm. or another video at least of some kind, which you made out of that one. Uh, is, is that perhaps an, another part of the reason why you feel like quite affected or connected to the documentary of senior here? I think definitely because I feel like to understand a person or a couple or a situation or an experience you really you you can doing it by talking about it and and to capture moments i think it's it's important i think nowadays with the media social media and technology it's it's such a easy thing to do that people take it for granted the fact that you know that could be the last time you're seeing someone or that could be the last time you're talking to someone so and also i'm just trying to uh, to so one of the things is that obviously we're far away from family i'm here with adip and like my family back home and my grandmother uh she's she's turning 83 this year and she's having a very tough time basically because her health is deteriorating rapidly and um, everyone's just letting us know that, oh, uh, I thought it's not well. So I think that's my way of processing also, trying to understand like, oh, there's, like you're far away, obviously, and there's nothing much you can do. Just keep them in your thoughts and uh, just emotionally and mentally prepare for whatever it is. But at the same time, staying strong and remembering uh, what are the good things and um, what are the, um, I would say, memories that are the celebration of life instead of like celebration of you know, passing or leaving or going away. But it's more of like uh, embracing the now, I guess. So, yeah, that's that's what I think the core idea of the film as well. But because like <clears throat> in the film, we know Robert had uh, a tough... Because I remember he said something like, I love him. So Robert, talking about Robert Downey Sr., his father. Like, I love him for whatever he had done and whatever he had not done. So, um, I think that's very profound. And I think those are the things that makes the film really uh, interesting and works in a way that you come back to the basics of 
the human existence like you you and your family basically like it's such a core strong important things like whatever things that you do in this world family is first uh, family is um the old, the the support system or the the your comfort your your everything that you do so like you your own world your little world the world that you built uh, around your family and your loved ones because what's what else of more important you can have all this amazing career and you have all this amazing uh, you know achievement but at the end of the day if you don't have um I think I'm quoting Ed Sheeran at the end of the day if you don't have like anyone to go back to and celebrate with uh, it's it's not what's what's the point of it so Yeah. I didn't expect Ed Sheeran to make an appearance here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, but there you go. Such is uh, the Hi. twists and turns of the 100th episode of Thoughts on Films, uh, the podcast at least. Um, I mean, there's so much of, of what you said there which resonated deeply with me. I, Hi. Because, I mean, the, 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 the context in which both you and I And and Muz as well, for that matter. I mean, you know, in the first part of the episode, um, you know, ladies and gentlemen, will the, the the good listeners to this podcast will have heard a little bit about you know some of the difficulties one might face settling in in a country like Italy um, if you are not uh, particularly fluent uh, in mm. the local lingo and such. And I think in 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 my context, um, linguistically, I've um, not really had such an issue, uh, or maybe except for one or two places, but. The, the the emotional side, um, wherever I go in the world, mm. um, there's always a part of me that always feels deeply appreciative of the opportunities that I've been lucky to have uh, had, earned, been given, whatever it is. Um, but the other side is always a sense that I'm never whole, and I've I've mm. never I've not been whole for I... the for the longest time. Really, I I think maybe. The last time I probably felt something like that was probably ninety eight. Uh, yeah, ninety nine, late late 90s, I would say. Um, so it's just the the point is, you know, I'm I'm always in in different places. Uh, I'm always in 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 contexts where you always feel like um, things come between the the important things in life. And so, coming back to what you're saying, sometimes being so far away, um, there is a liberation um, in in us, kind of being able to kind of just live the lives that we want to live. But at the same time, there's always the emotional anchor that is family, friends, um, and and other you know other factors which come into the constellation here. There's always that anchor which pulls us back and keeps us there, and. And so you always feel like, uh, as I mentioned earlier, at least my experience of that was that I, I, I you know, I rarely feel whole, because even if I go back to Malaysia now, I, you know, just so that the, the good listeners have an understanding of the context I'm talking about here. You know, my parents are separated and have been separated for a while, so it's always such um. Nak balik raya pun nak balik mana kan? I can never just go to, <clears throat> can never just go to one place. 
and Hi. um and and be there and everybody is there everybody mm. like you know my my immediate family and and in this case you know my son and my wife everybody together here we go this is it let's let's just sit down and have lunch together mm. let's have some fun i'll just have a chat yeah. let's never it's not happened for for the longest time it's it's most mm. probably not going to ha- happen ever again um and even now in indonesia there's always in the back of my mind you know i i love being here i love you know my my wife and my son here and my in-laws have been nothing but fantastic to me but always sometimes much i'm oh god i'm so far away it's only two hours away by flight but still you're, you're not there you know so sometimes mm. there's always the heartstrings that's being pulled at which mm. always makes you feel as if um, wherever you go or in this case wherever i go um it's not really any you know it's not really it's not really complete yeah which is that you do you you feel the lack or the gap a lot more mm. and i think for that reason as a i'm probably going to skip senior because i feel <laughs> if i watch it is it a film is it like a series um it's a film it's just a film it's a film it's right a, i think it's a good 90 minutes of uh, i think i i really like the pacing of it and it's the build up uh yeah It's okay. it's worth a watch. Check it I out. Don't, I I don't know as <laughs> based on your description I think I'm I'm going to be an emotional wreck <laughs> by, by the end of 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> I said like, like that it's it. a it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a a celebration of film in general so like how they connected through films and how uh indie was at the time where indie was not cool or like how the uh, Robert Downey senior like make it like you cannot be a filmmaker if you don't have he said something like in along the line of like you're not a filmmaker if you don't have a film you have to just pick a camera and film it and make one and people will eventually notice i'm like oh that's so true at the time where they so broke and at the, at the time where technology was just still using the film the 35 mm is it 35 mm or pardon me i don't know it is but as a you so, baru je you just graduated to using apa cinema camera as you described it just now you can't you can't like on air tiba-tiba macam is it 35 mm or is it 36 I, I, macam I, ah! i don't know it's like it's it's a photo so i don't know it is it's it's just a size it's just a size and then the standard for the longest time is 35 but you know in more recent times you have 16 you have 8 and so yeah i don't want to 8 is a bit smaller 16 is good 16 the macam if you make 16 mm and and you want to shoot it or want to show the 16 mm footage inside cinema it's still it's still alright it's not so bad But 35 right. is a standard for the longest time. Um, but yeah. I saw apa, the trailer for um, Oppenheimer daripada Christopher Ooh. Nolan. Dia ni kan sibuk sikit kan, you know? So he cannot <laughs> just sit. He, if, if you give him a digital SLR, he's, he's absolutely going to throw it to the wall and, and let it smash his <laughs> I only shoot on IMAX and 70mm nowadays. So, All right. So you do have some films that kind of go uh, above and beyond the call of duty lah, so to speak um yeah 35 is the standard but that's neither here nor there it's just um 
what, as I mentioned earlier, I think you kind of got me a bit at uh, Celebration of Cinema. Um, in, in the first part uh, of the episode, uh, Moose and I, we talked about Cinema Paradiso. <laughs> oh. and, uh, we were talking about the, the, uh, uh, the ultimate Celebration of Cinema. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> no, well, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know, she just did the, is it Chef's Kiss? That's Chef what they call kiss. it, right? Chef's Kiss. <laughs> just did that, really, for uh, for the mention of Cinema Paradiso. So I think um, that's, a, that's a great title that we can probably work with for today's episode, A Celebration of Cinema. Mm-hmm. Either that or Haggis is Macham Sambal Johor. I've yet to decide. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, that will come... You will discover that, Ezra, only in, uh, in a few yeah. days, only a few weeks' time, right? But let's just finish things up on a lighter note, Ezra. Because um, yeah. I know that you are on the clock. You have to write an email to your real lecturer <laughs> now, not your previous lecturer. Tak I faham. It's okay. Um, but the, the point is, I shared with you some news a few weeks ago, right? Because right. the BBC published this news that there's this pizzeria in Edinburgh yes. And the guy said, I'm just going to give free pizza to people. And then when asked why, the answer is because I just want to give free pizza to people. You know, <laughs> I just want to be good, give something back to the community, etc., etc." I read it and I thought, yeah. eh, tahu ni. So I, <laughs> I, I shared it to you. I said, cepat, Ezra, I... go, go. Right? So I'm just checking in with you. Did you get yeah. a slice of that free pizza, Ezra? No, I have not yet because I know it's until at the end of January. Jangan, Ezra. Nanti tiba-tiba macam, oh, sorry. We've run out of dough. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think it's just a Scottish... It's, 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 I find it. people here are so kind. I think, hmm. alhamdulillah, of all the people that I've met throughout my journey while I'm in here, everyone's hmm. just so kind. And uh, it, it feels like um, maybe it's Scottish hospitality. I don't know. But everyone's it's, like... It's the, it's the north. <laughs> it's the yeah, north. Yeah, so. but um, kalau in the British context, for those of you who don't know, there's always a stereotype that uh, if you go a lot further south, people get a lot more, uh, uh, you know, a lot more terse um, with, mm. with their responses, um, a lot un- more unfriend. Uh, how do I say unfriendlier? Rasa macam tak betul pula. Unfriendlier, but a lot. A little, a little colder, a little apa semua. Mm. But if you go up north, right, the further up north you go, the friendlier they get, apparently. So the point is, I think, it's just the good nature of the Scottish people. Um, yeah. As I that you are having the pleasure of enjoying <laughs> that. So so that's lovely. Um, I try a bit of that here. Macam like I go on my <laughs> evening jogs. Sometimes I, I walk in the evening with my wife and then I just, see, ran- I just see random people and just like, you know, raise my hand. Or uh, just give a quick nod, or uh, you know, um, you know, if I see the the neighborhood roti man just selling his bread, I say, "Oh, assalamualaikum," yeah, and then, then my wife's like, "What are you doing?" Because <laughs> apparently, you know, you know it's not a it's not a, a common thing in Jakarta at all. Apparently, maybe it's a capital city thing. You go to the capital cities, or anyone from Sombong's could be, could be, or a bit a bit colder. Maybe it's not Sombong, like I said. Maybe it's too strong a word, but maybe you know you get what I mean. People are just like yeah, friendly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, anyways, uh, you know, until the day when we see free pizzas being given out in KL, <laughs> London or Jakarta, we shall um, have just to go with the notion that, Ezra, you're in a good place. Uh, that I is Scotland. Uh, and I'm good. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to see that you are um, 
doing well there. Uh, good to have caught up with you for the past, um, was it 30, 40 minutes or so? Uh, but I think for now, let's just, um, you know, um, bring an end to the conversation because I, I know you have to go on and do other things. So for now, as a end for the 100th episode, um, say, good, say goodbye, Ezra. Take care, everyone. Sada. All right. Have a great day ahead. And uh, yeah, happy 100th episode. Yes, Yay! took us a while to get here, but indeed. And it's a goodbye for me, good people. Thank you very much for your support for the past 100 episodes. And we look forward to seeing you or having you listen to us for the next 100. So we'll see how that goes. But for now, bye, everyone. Whatever's unfolding, funny or tragic, it's happening with the camera going. But then there's some part of me that feels like, oh, I'll miss something.